G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. So imagine how Mary felt when she had to explain her pregnancy to her fiancé, Joseph. What a scandal. Yet this scandal in the eyes of men was all part of God's plan for you and me, here and now. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to the program as we take another look at Christmas from a different perspective. These days, in most cultures, having a child outside wedlock is no big deal. In fact, the whole notion of wedlock for many people has a kind of an old-fashioned ring about it. But I'm old enough to remember the days when a girl falling pregnant before she was married, well, it brought great shame and scandal to the family. So go back a couple of thousand years to a culture that used to stone people to death for adultery. Put yourself in the shoes of that teenage girl called Mary, engaged to a young carpenter, Joseph, and she falls pregnant. Forget the reason for a minute, but put yourself in her shoes, her family, her fiancé, her friends. What did they think? How did they react? How did she feel? Well, you know, it's an amazing thing when you look at how Jesus came into the world. I just want to read this little story of of Mary and, and how she felt pregnant, how all this panned out. Now, this is coming, by the way, from Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place like this. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, well, he was a righteous man, and he wasn't willing to expose her to public disgrace. So he planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he'd resolved to do that, an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David... Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child in her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named that son Jesus. Can you imagine this teenage girl, Mary, right? She comes to her fiancé with this story, Well, well, you know, Joseph, um, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm pregnant from the Holy Spirit. God did this. What do you think Joseph thought? I mean, come on! A single teenage girl from nowhere wanders in with her belly swollen. If you were Joseph, would you believe her? I didn't sleep with anyone. God did this. Joseph didn't believe her because he planned to dismiss her quietly. To let her go and end the engagement, not get married to her. Because here is a social context that's quite different, I guess, to today. I mean, these days, in most societies... 
a woman falling pregnant and not being married, well, it's no big deal, really. It's just a lifestyle choice. In fact, around where I live, very few people are married and have the same surname. Most people seem to just live together. But not back then. Back then, it was a big deal. I mean, even just 30 or 40 years ago, I remember when I was a kid, if a girl became pregnant and she wasn't married, well, that was a source of huge shame for the family and embarrassment. And back in first century Israel, people got stoned to death for being adulterous. And yet Joseph has a dream. You know, he doesn't have a Bible to read. He doesn't know how this ends. We can look back and say, well, you know, it was Jesus and he was the son of God. We know all that stuff now. But he didn't. And what pain must he have gone through? How many times do you think Mary went over the angel's words over and over again? How many times did Joseph second-guess this dream? How breathtakingly reckless was God to allow the whole future of humanity to hang on the responses of these two poorly educated rural teenagers? As I said, we know him as Lord. We, we know that he's Christ, the Son of God. But his parents and his family and his friends, well, there's this scandal hanging around. It must have followed him around when he was a young kid. Yet that's what Jesus chose. You go back and look at Christmas. Look at the very first one, the birth of Jesus. It's not some pantomime. And nor do I want to look at it as some dry theology of incarnation. It's just a simple story, and there are some hard realities to this story. If God is God, if Jesus is Jesus, and he's able to choose the time and the place and the people and the circumstances of his birth, he had to have a plan and a purpose when he made these deliberate choices. And that time in Israel's history was a tough time. Israel was occupied. There was Roman rule. There were illegitimate kings from the Herodian dynasty. They were puppets of the Roman emperor. Everybody in Israel was expecting Messiah sometime soon. God has a plan but it begins to unfold with this Mary and Joseph and and this scandal. Okay, let's just assume a few things here for a minute. Firstly, that, that God is God, that he made a deliberate choice. He picks out this Mary. The Holy Spirit does in fact cause her to fall pregnant. God knew how the people around her would react because it was a scandal. But God chose this anyway. This humble, simple couple Nobody's Mary and Joseph. Question, what does that tell you and me here and now about God and who he is and how he operates? I mean, come on, when we confront this reality that Christmas is not a pantomime, that it was just a hard reality, what is God saying about who he is? I mean, God's God. He could have sent Jesus with a fanfare and with trumpets and, and palaces and ceremonies and he, he could have announced his arrival. He could have made it clear and unmistakable and powerful and spectacular. I mean, God's entitled, isn't he? But that's not what he chooses. Instead, he chooses Mary. See, God's not a power dresser. God comes real and humble down here with you and me, not as a king but as a carpenter. Not as a prince, but as a pauper. God chose a set of circumstances that somehow you and I can relate to. He chose normality. He chose a time and a place when when the geopolitical situation was, was difficult and people were in danger and the country was under Roman rule. 
He doesn't put Jesus up there on a pedestal, but right down into the realities of life, right down at the bottom. You know what that says to me? It says that Jesus is here for everybody. Not just a few special, important people. Not just the beautiful people. Not just the good people. Not just the holier-than-thou people. But he was prepared to come into this lowly place. To be miraculous and misunderstood. To be for real. I just struggle all the time with this notion that God chose to make Mary pregnant through the Holy Spirit and to withstand the scandal that they must have experienced that must have followed the young Jesus around. God was prepared to be misunderstood so that he could send a message to you and me, a message of humility, a message that says, I am prepared to get down and dirty, to be one of you. Not a king, but a carpenter. Before we part ways today, I was just wondering if I could ask for your input, a bit of help, if you will, to guide me along the way. As you might imagine, we receive a lot of feedback to a different perspective from right around the world. And one of the most common things people say is, I wish you could teach more about subject or whatever. So that got me to thinking, wouldn't it be great if we could be a bit more deliberate about that? Wouldn't it be great if I could get your input on the teaching topics that would really speak into your life? So could I ask you, when you have a moment, to head across to teachingtopics.org to have your say. It'll only take you a couple of minutes, and who knows how many other people right across the globe might be blessed by your God-inspired ideas. That web address again is teachingtopics.org. Just a few minutes of your time could have a powerful impact that ripples out into countless places that we can't even begin to imagine. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.